0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Stager Place, the podcast where we here chat to those who work behind the scenes in theatre, from writers to directors, producers to designers. And we are back after a short break, cleansing off what was the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and giving us the biggest monthly audience we've ever had here on the podcast. We are back with our autumn season, which will see episodes go right the way through until Christmas this year. I'm so excited to be back and to be bringing you our first episode of this season. With Rachel Bauman and Jasmine Teo. Now, Rachel is bringing their debut play, These Demons, to Theatre 503, which starts previews tonight on the 26th of September and runs through until the 14th of October 2023. And Jasmine has been alongside Rachel throughout this whole process. You'll be able to hear how they met and how they brought this show to life along with producer Tanya Truman in this episode to so sit back, relax and plug in your ears to episode 114 of The Stage Place with Rachel Bauman and Jasmine Teo. Hello Rachel and hello Jasmine. Welcome to the Stagey Place. You're both joining me today on the week of previews for Rachel, your debut play, These Demons, which is being held at Theatre 503 from the 26th of September until the 14th of October, 2023. Jasmine, we've just been chatting before we started recording about how you were feeling as the director of the show. You've been with the cast in rehearsals the past few weeks. I'm guessing you probably we had some creators, some sound design in the room. How are you now feeling about the show opening and getting your work onto stage at Theatre
1: 503? Oh, I'm so bothered. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Has anybody ever said that? Oh, I'm so unbothered. It's all unreal. It's so unreal. We've had this gargantuan effort that we've put together and now it's actually coming to fruition. So yes, that's what it's feeling like at the moment and really keen to see everything click into place like a giant jigsaw.
0: Yeah, and Rachel, obviously this is your debut play. I saw the video the other day of you opening up the box of Playtex and having a little dance. And I'm sure that, you know, we'll probably put that video also on our instagram as well just to you know show how excited you were about getting that how do you feel about the show opening this week
2: very embarrassed about the little dance (laughs) i wanted to edit it out as soon as i posted it i felt like i was i revealed a bit too much about myself but what i revealed is that i'm so so excited and also scared exactly as jasmine said it feels a little bit surreal that this is actually happening And I feel like we're kind of at a point now where there are kind of parallel universes and there's the version where it's a huge disaster. And then there's the version where it's a huge success. And also there are, you know, in between versions, maybe a bit more realistic. But, you know, we'll find out what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the show then. This is These Demons, again, on Theatre 503. Rachel, let's start with you then. So talk to me about where this idea for the show happened and, you know, what actually brought it on that you'd write this debut play.
2: Yes. So I guess the original seed of the idea happened... A few years ago, um, I was on Soho Writers Lab, and part of that is you have to write a play. And I was doing research for a completely different play. I knew it was a kind of haunted house story, but um, it was it was kind of a millennial housemates thing. And I was looking for a supernatural presence. Um, and I was on Google, which is where a lot of my ideas come from, just like Googling random things. Um, and I stumbled across Jewish demons and started realising that... Jewish demonology was, was a thing in Judaism, referenced in different texts and across the centuries, and I'd never heard about it, even though I am Jewish, um, and I, you know, went to synagogue when I was younger, I was never taught about this, and when I spoke to my friends, and I spoke to my family, who were also Jewish, they said, they hadn't heard of it either and it's kind of this weird obscure part of this religion and that just really fascinated me the fact that it's not really present in our culture and so that was kind of the initial seed. That play didn't work and so I kind of left it behind at that point and didn't really think about the idea until... 2020 lockdown when Jasmine and I were paired together for one of those digital online monologues that there were kind of a lot of those floating around. We did that and we were just chatting via Zoom to get to know each other. And I mentioned that I'd written a play about Jewish demons and Jasmine said, I want to redirect that. And so I said, that's great. I will write a completely different play right. and then you can direct that one. That was how it started. And so I started writing it in 2021. Yeah. Jasmine wrote an arts council application to R&D it off the back of, in my opinion, a God awful script. She apparently disagrees, but it, it was horrible. <laughs> But we got the Arts Council funding and um, I remember we had four weeks before the first R&D and I I freaked out a little bit because I thought, oh my God, I have to rewrite the entire play before we bring it into a room with actors. And so I was doing like, because it's in three acts, um, I, I rewrote like an act a week on top of my day job, um, and then had a week to like revise it. And then we brought it into R&D. A year went by, we kind of took the feedback, brought it into another R&D, which is where 503 saw it last year, which was and kind of in 2022. And Theatre 503 offered us this programming slot. This autumn.
0: Amazing. So Jasmine, let's hear from you then. What is it about Rachel's writing that you loved so much that you were like in that original script that, as Rachel says, a god awful script? You probably disagree, Jasmine, because you decided that you'd write an ace funding bid for it. What is it about Rachel's writing that is so exciting?
1: I mean, as you can see, Rachel herself, she's so humble about, you know, her storytelling. It's a whole mix of things that drew like me to this script, the humor in it. I mean, it's really funny. Her writing is really funny. She sort of like crafts these very attractive characters. They're flawed, but also just sort of you want to just keep watching them more because they're just such lovely oddities. And the fact that, you know, like it's such a unique premise as well, which is it starts off a little bit like a haunted house and then becomes this like grand thriller, you know, this almost like gigantic quest. And I think there's something very sort of, like, universal. As a director, you always think, can I do something with this storytelling? And immediately when I read it, I thought, oh my god, there's so many sort of, like, visual images that have just popped out of my head. Just reading the script, there's so many opportunities to make things sort of sing, that you just go, oh, I-, I can't let go of this script. That's sort of, like, what sparked off the initial sort of, like, lead into going, Rachel! We must do this play together. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking anyway.
0: Yeah brilliant well so we've spoken about how the play came to be about but we've not spoken about what these demons are about for those listeners at home who may have already seen the play you know as they listen to this episode or maybe they want to book tickets to see the show so Rachel tell us about these demons where do we find the characters at the start of the show and what can you tell our listeners about the story itself
2: where to start so yes where do we find the characters so we we begin with a seventeen. year old called Leia and we first find her in this remote cottage in the woods and right from the start she's been reading these old texts about Jewish demons and her sister Danielle finds her and is furious and it transpires that Leia has run away from home and Danielle has been searching for her and what we discover is that Leia is there because her aunt who lives in this remote cottage most of the time has been attacked by someone from the local village. And Leia has decided that she wants to get revenge on the teenage boy who did this to her aunt. And so that's why Leia ran away from home. That's why she ended up in the cottage. The aunt is in Mm -hmm. hospital at that point. But while Leia is there, she starts to remember all of the stories that her aunt has told her about these different types of Jewish demons. And those memories start to become more and more real and creep up on her as the night goes on and between the two sisters there's like this present timeline where the older sister Danielle wants her to leave, Leia is determined to stay and it's kind of a dual mission of wanting to get revenge on this boy but also start to suspect that there are demons in these cottage. And there are flashbacks throughout uh, where we see Leah with her aunt from the past.
0: That sounds really exciting. Very supernatural, like Jasmine said earlier on, maybe like a grand thriller throughout the whole show. Jasmine, when you read that script then and you know the confines of Theatre 503 as well, you know, it's not a massive stage. Like, I do love Theatre 503. I love the rake seating and it's just like such a beautiful space, foyer and auditorium. When you know the Theatre 503 stage and you're directing this show in rehearsals, what is your directing style like when you get a play or a script like These Demons?
1: Well, I think every play sort of speaks to you about how it wants to be directed. I started out thinking about, you know, the practicalities of the situation. Because I think, as as you said, Theatre 503, it's not the most sort of great grand space to do something epic. So you sort of have to think, well, if you've got sort of like a small space, if you've got Mm -hmm. those kinds of like resources that are, you know, not the great West End caper that you envisioned, you're self-directing. It really is about going, well, what does the script want you to do? And Mm -hmm. then how you sort of have to, you know, combine worlds or make things fluid or actually make things Theatrical. Yeah. So I think like uh, there's a huge, you know, lean in today about sort of like superheroes and Marvel and, f- and filmic qualities of film of uh, transcending into theatre. But I think there's something quite lovely about going, hey, make things obvious or, oh, or play into the opposite of what you are supposed to be doing or what you want to see. So obviously, there are these sort of like big scenes of like fights within the play, blood, things being probably set on fire. And it is about sort of making sure that the audience know that we know that we're not hiding, just sort of like leaning into the fact that like, this is not a hiding situation. It's not a sleight of hand situation. It is sort of worlds merging and mixing. And I hope that will be like an exciting way to look at a story that's supposed to be in a normal horror film, something cuts away and then something insane happens. I'm very excited in telling a story where you can see things add up quite extravagantly or quite sort of like obviously on stage and then the payoff at the end will all work out. Fingers crossed. Yeah, Fingers yeah. Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, and yeah. it just sounds really exciting. It sounds like Rachel just you haven't held back in like all those big moments then. You know, you've really tried to, you know, get, like you say, some some big moments, some some yeah. moments maybe, see how it works on stage. And I think that's exactly think that's always so brilliant because I think with theatre, you feel like there are limitations. But you can't yeah. do. Anything. You can't have flying spaceship. You know, no yeah. one can write a big sci-fi and make you know believable aliens shoot fire ray guns. You know what I mean? But there is a world where you can just put all of that in and just use what you can do. And you know, obviously, like you say. Theatre Five O Three does have its limitations. It's a small stage, you know, it hasn't got, you know, flies and rigs where you can do everything, but it's what you do with the words and what you do with these moments that are really exciting. Jasmine, you kind of touched on something there, which is going to be my next question about, like, what's, like, the most, like, really exciting parts of the show? Like, what's your favourite part of the show? You may not have touched it in the answer, Jasmine, but what I'd love to ask both of you Is What is your favourite part of the show? Is there a moment that you are most excited for audiences to see, whether or not that's a character, Rachel, that you have written, or there's hopefully something that doesn't spoil the show too much, but something that you are most excited, and maybe a sequence in the show for audiences to see? Rachel, for you, what has been the moment that you've had written down on the page that you are most excited for audiences to see? I'm
2: trying to think of something that isn't going be too much of a spoiler but I guess going back to what you said about feeling like there can sometimes be limitations in the theater I've always found that my best work comes from forgetting about any of those limitations there was a point when I thought I couldn't write plays because I, I can't write you know two people in a room which is just a room and they're in the same space for the whole time I can't do like those really kind of intimate traditional plays so building on from that in terms of my th- favourite moment currently. There's a moment in the play where we spent most of the time basically the whole time in this cottage in the woods and we've been inside and there's a scene where suddenly we're outside in the woods. And in terms of the form, it was one of those eureka moments where I realized that I could break the naturalism that we'd been using in the play. And again, I'm trying not to spoil too many things, but it's it's a point where the naturalism of the form kind of explodes. And also the reality that the character is experiencing also starts to unravel around her. Because as I've said, these memories and these stories of demons have been creeping up on her through the whole play. And there's a point where really there's a merging of this supernatural world and reality. And and there's the scene in the woods where I think that kind of comes together.
0: Right. And Jasmine, then let's pass it over to you. Which moment in the show are you excited for audiences to see from these demons?
1: Oh, I'm trying not to give this away but there's a fourth character there's sort of three cast members but there's a fourth character in the play who I'm going to not really talk about and that's sort of my favorite set of moments actually so in multiple moments in the play where you know appearances are made and I think that is sort of like my favorite thing so far about incorporating that fourth character and what it means for the three cast members who are sort of on stage and how that will basically work out with sort of advancing the story. So those are probably my favorite moments to be like, ah, oh, this is this is great. There's sort of like this person that enters and says nothing and yet says everything.
0: Very exciting. So obviously you've been in the rehearsal room with all of the cast working with Rachel's script. So let's talk about the cast then. Who have we got in the show? that you know you'd like to shout out. Whether or not that's cast and creators also. It's also very good to talk about, you know, the people behind the scenes as well that are also making the work happen. Jasmine, let's talk about who you've been working then in the rehearsal room. Who have we got in the show?
1: Well, we've got the marvellous Olivia Marcus, Liv Andrusa and Annie Markison. So they are a tremendous cast. I mean, phenomenal, really, at sort of like working with each other, and sort of elevating each other. They are phenomenally funny. And I mean, like, they really sort of like, leave no stone unturned, I think, with the script, with the storytelling, with sort of like the physicality of what they can do. It's been incredible watching them sort of like, really interrogate their characters. And sort of like, every day, there's something new that they sort of find within the story. And with themselves, and it's great watching people so passionate about the story just sort of like make funny things funnier just by being who they are to sort of also then create these lovely, intimate moments with each other, and even the scary moments and the stillness really enjoyable and really sort of scintillating.
0: And for you, Rachel, obviously, how much have you also been in the rehearsal room? Like, are there moments in the show that you haven't seen directed yet, and like you're excited? to, you know, see how Jasmine's directed a certain piece of the show.
2: So I've been in the rehearsal room quite a bit. However, what I haven't seen is any of the tech. And this is a show, because it is a horror and it's a thriller, where so much of the storytelling is through the visuals and Mm. and through the lighting and the sound. And so the moment that Jasmine mentioned about this, this full character doesn't work in the rehearsal room, frankly. It's not something that comes across. And you need the darkness and you need the tech as part of it and so I've been there in the rehearsal room but I haven't seen the show in its full glory and I'm I'm really excited to see all of it.
0: It does feel like that doesn't it I've been in many rehearsal rooms where you're running the show for the whole time and you know you haven't necessarily got the whole set and the whole you know lighting and sound design you know still bits are still being worked out and obviously you know some sound you're probably playing from a laptop rather than you know speakers or surround sound or you know whatever your sound designer is working on and those are the moments especially it sounds like with these demons which sounds the most incredible super thriller it just sounds like once all that's in the room it's going to be a wonderful experience for you guys to be able to see your work you know separately and together you know having created this work with the tech on top sounds like it's going to be a really exciting experience for you both so guys we're nearing the end of the episode I've got two final questions for you they're questions that we always ask everybody on the podcast and the first is about advice that you may have for listeners who maybe want to get involved in the industry that you guys are in writer and as a director so Rachel I'm going to start with you If you had any advice for aspiring writers who are listening to this podcast who want to write shows, who maybe go to the Theatre 503 quite a lot and maybe want to someday in the future do a show at Theatre 503 or, you know, just want to write and just have fun. You know, we were talking earlier on about letting go of those limitations in theatre, which I think is a huge bit of advice, actually, because, you know, people might think that you have to write stuff that is set for a theatre, but for you, Rachel, what advice would you have also for writers who want to get into this industry?
2: So, I mean, I could give some of the advice that you hear all the time about, you know, read a lot, write a lot. But I think, you know, the fact that I'm talking here with Jasmine is a sign that the thing that has really got me to where I am now with this play is, is the collaborations that I've been working with. And so my advice would be talk to people, meet people, it doesn't have to be in person. Jasmine and I have met over Zoom for the first year when we knew each other, we hadn't met in person at all. And so it's it's about forming those relationships and those trusts with people, because Jasmine, Tanya, who's our producer... And I have been working on this play for two years through its development. And we've been such a team in making it happen through the Arts Council applications, through the R&Ds. And it's so important because it means that now that we're in rehearsals, we have this trust between us and we know how we work. And also we've been able to make the show happen. And theatre is such a collaborative form that it doesn't happen with just one person writing by themselves in a room. You have to give it to other people. And so my advice would be meet people, get to know people, form those relationships. relationships you'll probably get the most out of people who are also emerging if you are an emerging creative it's quite rare that you get picked up by a massive theatre and suddenly find yourself you know on the West End stage directed by famous people that's probably not what you want, anyway. Actually, I think the the most valuable experiences come from working with creatives who are on a level with you and can go on that journey with you.
0: And so, on the back of that bit of advice, Jasmine, what advice would you have for people who are emerging directors within the industry?
1: I mean, the first thing that I've been thinking is that sort of acknowledging that it's hard. The biggest thing, and that you sort of have to, in a terrible sense, I feel like sometimes you sort of have to make like these. Sacrifices, and you sort of have to stack up what you know and what you want and what you need and see whether that fits. And you have to do that constantly within this game. And yeah, I do treat it in a sense as a sort of like a little bit like a high stakes video game where you constantly have to level up and you don't really know what's coming all the time. And you sort of have to jigsaw puzzle things bit by bit. And it's okay, I think, to say every day you come back and you go, why don't I refresh the way that I think about some things Why don't I relook how I want to work constantly? And I think it's also about being ready to say, if I feel like I've made a mistake somewhere or I've missed something out, it's okay to come back the next day and say, I think I've done this in a way that was not satisfying. And to then say, what can I do to sort of like build up on that as well? In addition to that, yeah, it's the constancy of having to do that. The sort of like, endless sort of cycle of having to rejig and tweak that you should get into the mindset of these sort of like tiny tiny changes that you can make every day or every session or every practice that you can get that will then inform what you do all the time hopefully will then without you knowing it or without you sort of realizing it take you always to the next level that's what I have for anybody wanting to start in the industry
0: Yeah, and I think you've both touched on faintly there a little bit about Rachel, as you were saying, the collaboration. You know, I must say, like, you know, like you guys were saying, you kind of met over Zoom, you had, you know, over lockdown these the, the monologues as well like you know working with the monologues together like I know like the pandemic was such a hard time for a lot of people and you know obviously you know everyone was out of work and stuff like that but it's these relationships that you two have formed as well as Rachel and Jasmine that has allowed years of work you know to get to this point as well to make this show you know collaboration always comes up with this question and i do think that a lot of people also do meet from zoom from those you know programs that were created over lockdown without those moments over lockdown you two may have not met in the same way and you know collaborated in the way that Jasmine you heard about this script Rachel wasn't that fond of but you know wanted to write that ace bid and you know certainly created friendship as as well as you know a workmanship with Tanya as well you were saying there as producer to get these demons up on stage you know it's a wonderful achievement so you know well done to both of you we've still got time for the final question of the show it is the title of the podcast it's the stage you place and what I love to ask all of my guests who come onto the podcast is where their stage places. So this could be a physical theatre. So it could be the theatre that you've seen your favourite show in. Maybe it's a theatre that you long to work in. So, you know, it's like that top goal theatre that you want to work in, maybe, and you've gone to see work there that you thought was really profound and, you know, just love the stuff that is there. It may not be a theatre. Jasmine, for you, maybe the rehearsal room where you, you know, create the work with actors. Rachel, for you, it might be the place where you find inspiration for your plays, or it might be the place where you write your plays. It could be Anywhere in anything, it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific theatre in the world. It's always so lovely to ask this question because it's always so varied. So, Rachel, I'm going to start with you. Whereabouts would your stagey place be?
2: For me, it is actually in the rehearsal room or the R&D room. It's the moment where the script goes from being just something that I scribbled in my notebook and wrote on my laptop to something that is read out loud by actors and discussed. And it becomes more than something that's just come from me. I get a lot of my ideas from talking with people and from hearing what other people think. So... Yes, it would be that rehearsal or R&D room, working with other actors and other creatives.
0: Yeah, amazing. And so Jasmine, let's end then with your answer for the question. Whereabouts is your staging place?
1: I'm actually going to have to say Hampstead Heath, because I go there and I think about things a lot, you know, have a wander. And I think that helps me take in things and to have a space to let my mind go. Yeah, and I think like that is so crucial. In sort of like my creative process. So that's my place.
0: Amazing. Well, Rachel, Jasmine, thank you so much once again for coming on to talk about these demons. Rachel, you are the writer of the show. Jasmine, you are the director of the show. It begins on the 26th of September, which is when this episode is going out. It's also tomorrow that previews start, which is very exciting for you two at the time of recording this podcast. And it runs until the 14th of October with Press Night on the 3rd of October. And something that I really like about Theatre 503 is that they have the parent and baby performance, which is on, on the 11th of October at 12 p.m. I've gone to a couple of the parent and baby performances at Theatre 503, and uh, Jamie you think they are wonderful experiences. So, uh, you know, I may even come to that performance for these demons, who knows? <laughs> but Rachel, Jasmine, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Elliot. And there we go, that
0: was Rachel Bauman and Jasmine Teo, the writer and director of These Demons, which is being staged at Theatre 503 from tonight, the 26th of September, until the 14th of October, 2023. I'm so excited to hopefully catch this production. It sounds right up my street and something that I'd really enjoy. Something that we also spoke about in that interview is that the play is being published. So whether or not you're able to see the show at Theatre 503 or not, you can at least buy the Playtext, which has been published, and you can buy online. So do make sure to check that out if you're unable to come and see what sounds like a fantastic production. So there we go. That's the end of our first episode in this autumn season of The Stagey Place. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you're new to us, please make sure that you are following us on all social media platforms, at The Stagey Place on Instagram and X. So, until next time, when you join me chatting to some more writers, producers, directors, or designers, I hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye.